Copycat, let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night, and this is a TriCast. And the number one show at 5 o'clock, we're on uh, WABCradio.com, 770 on your dial, uh, 970 AM, The Answer, and WLIR. In the studio with us, we have two common-sense Democrats. We have Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, Governor David Patterson, and today we have a special uh, guest co-host. We have uh, Rita Cosby. Rita, welcome to the 5 o'clock show, the number one show in New York. I am thrilled to be with all of you, John, and we're going to have an action-packed show here, of course, as we always do on Cats at Night. Um, I'm always tuning in and just thrilled to be here today. We've got actually the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, is going to be coming up and talk about an important time uh, for him to be coming up, talking, of course, about Ukraine, talking about the midterms right around the corner, lots of hot topics there. Huge guest, as you always have here, John, at Cats at Night. Also, uh, New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin talking about the role of Merrick Garland with Trump and also with Hunter Biden. Lots of good, juicy stuff there. Uh, Dick Morris, of course, uh, the Galton talking about big developments in the Hunter Biden case and Durham case. And then we're going to top it off with John McLaughlin, the great pollster, talking about um, some hot races and some big elections, uh, Serbia, also in Hungary, and also the New York State governor's race. A lot to talk about, and I'm thrilled to be with you, John, today. There's so many things going on. You know, every time we have Larry Kudlow, his new statement is uh, the cavalry is coming. And before we get Kevin McCarthy on, at the time Kevin McCarthy comes on, let's play that tune, the cavalry is coming. And uh, you'll have it ready? Good. Uh, Judge Weinberg and uh, Governor, I mean, uh, what the heck is going on? I mean, uh, it, it just seems like uh, we're going round and round and round. Where is the budget, uh, Governor? The budget <clears throat> is in Albany waiting for someone to pass it. And uh, they have something they call the Big Ugly. This is where they take a lot of bills, stuff them into, you know. Uh, one big. One big bill. And to you basically have to vote for it. Because things you want are in that bill, and that's how they. One hundred and seventy billion was last year. How much is going to be this year? Two hundred and thirty-eight billion from one hundred and seventy. Yeah, it, it's a much bigger, uh, much bigger budget this year. Two hundred and thirty-eight wow. well, well, billion. Part of the problem. Are you sure about part, that? Part because the, the city is a hundred billion. That means New York City and New York State put together. It's $350 billion, $340 billion for 20 million people. Don't forget, Rita, in Florida, 20 million people in Florida is less than $100 billion. Right. Why are we spending $340 billion? By the way, do you know Who's that, on the payroll? Wait, everybody's on the payroll. 
And everybody, gets free, right. and everybody gets free money. No, but the most important thing to know, that makes the state of New York, if you include the city and the state budgets, either the third or fourth biggest budget in the world. That's what I was just about to say. It is ballooning. And it's par for the course, as we have seen with the federal government, guys. This seems to be a trend that we're seeing everywhere, guys. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Last year was $300 billion. Well, they- I kept making fun, you know, that $270 billion or $300 billion between the state and the city. And now you're telling me it's going to be yeah. $340 billion? So, John, my first year, we had a $21.8 billion budget. Deficit. This legislature and governor had a $30 billion surplus, and that's where a lot of the spending and bonding out. Where did that money come from, Governor? It came from the relief from Washington and from higher than expected income taxes that were collected. So federal money is one-shot money, isn't it? Yes, and that's the problem. When you, you have a false economy, when, I mean, when you get a shot in the arm, Kevin McCarthy right. coming next on, year all this if, will if be gone. If the Republicans win in November, where else do, where else do the uh, – they're not going to vote for help for New York. That's the problem. It's a false economy when you're relying on resources that is a one-shot. That's what they call a one-shot. And what you know might have been more prudent was to save the money. But you have a governor – who is be who is a candidate in the primary? So the governor's got to pull out all stops to try to get four more four more years. That's exactly and, what I was thinking. It's an election you, year. That's exactly why. And you've got why, a guys. legislature that's more than willing to take advantage the, uh, of the situation uh, that the governor's in, and will. Uh, and that's where the the that that's where the spending is getting pushed this high. By the way, we have the cavalry song, everybody. We're, oh, we're no. being told. No, yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's Larry Kudlow's favorite song. Let's play, the, let's play that song, The Cavalry is Coming. Well, it's coming soon. Let's save America. I love that. John Wayne, wasn't it? Was it John Wayne? I've, no, I've heard I this many was, a time. No, I'm, I'm not older than you. I, I thought it was Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> I thought it was Brad Pitt. I, I see that uh, Rin Tin Tin going forward, and I see uh, Sergeant, uh, it wasn't Sergeant Shields. What was it? Charge! Name? Charge! It was always that line. By the way, I can't wait to talk to Kevin McCarthy, um, who's what a great guest to have here on Cats at Night, because talk about the cavalry coming. That is sort of the attitude of the whole Republican Party right now. And with everything you're talking about, um, Gov and and John, of course, and uh, the judge, in terms of spending, talk about inflation. I mean, what a time to be the House Minority Leader, hoping to be the House Majority Leader uh, with inflation, with rising prices, with the border. There are so many hot issues on the well, table right now. Do we have him, John? No. We're still T- waiting for him taking, to call in. Taking the oil reserves... It's like going into a rainy day fund, which each state has as a budget that you it's in a locked box. You don't touch it. Going in the oil reserves where that oil probably was thirty dollars a gallon. It was thirty dollars a barrel. And, and if they're going to sell it to me, they want a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars a barrel. Right. And, that, and then if you want to put it back in there, you're you going to have to replace it. The Saudi Arabia is going to charge them one hundred thirty dollars a barrel. Yeah. And that's where we're, it, we're it, in the, the new business we're in the, is helping. Uh, the Saudis and OPEC get richer, helping Russia make their budget 
helping Venezuela get rich again. It's so crazy. And yet today uh, the president came out and also repeated, no, we're not changing the policies on Keystone. He canceled Keystone first. He wants to do a deal. He wants to do a deal with the Canadians, but he won't do the Keystone. Won't do it. Right. He won't do it on our soil, but he'll do it on Canadian soil or somewhere else. It's crazy. When I was governor, I learned something. Clean and renewable energy sources is actually a very good idea. But it has a time limit. Oil is the greatest element, the greatest fuel source the world has seen or will ever see. All you have to do is put it in a pipe and you can send it anywhere you want. Solar power, you can only get it for 13 hours a day. That's when the sun is up. If it's a cloudy day, it's delayed. You can only store it for 8 to 12 hours. Replacing these natural... uh, Play that cavalry again. Oh, here comes the cavalry. Let me duck. I think we got, we finally got the, uh, they got the cavalry coming. Uh, the, our we guest, do. Uh, Absolutely. We've I got like the one we played yesterday. Did, yeah. did they lose that one? No, this no. is good. This, this one's good. even better. And our guest is even better. You guys, we have now joining us here on cats at night, Kevin McCarthy, the house minority leader, uh, minority leader McCarthy. It's Rita Cosby. Great to have you here joining us. Re- Rita, how are you? And I come from the great city of Bakersfield, where you used to be on television. Absolutely, that's right. Oh my gosh, that's right. I was at KERO in Bakersfield, California, and he remembered. And, and last time, by the way, do you remember also, um, Minority Leader? Remember last time you and I saw each other? We were in Normandy. Talk about you know the seventy fifth anniversary. How beautiful was that yeah. to be with you there? And thrilled to have you here on the show. You know, first of all, you've got some big stuff. Um, you've been pulling in some big money. And I want to have you talk about that here on Cat Tonight well, and, and, La- and also and the Kudlow. sign of the time. And Larry Kudlow says the cavalry is coming. And leaving the cavalry yeah. is Kevin, Kevin. McCarthy. Yep. Well, tell us. Well, you have too much fun on this show almost. <laughs> we do. We, you're missing it, Kevin. You're missing out. Come on. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. It's great, great to hear you all. What's really happening, we're watching what's happening in this country. It's like we're living through 1979 all over again, where we have inflation and 60% of those in the workforce today have never experienced inflation above 4%. Now we're watching prices rise on everyone, and that's a tax on everyone. We watch that. This president comes in and takes a country that God has blessed with the minerals to be energy independent and turns it around, where now we have the highest price of gas. We have our enemies making more money, taking our funding because we have to buy oil and gas someplace else instead of being energy independent here. Then we watch crime throughout our streets. How do we change all that? We have to change Congress to make it happen. And uh, I will tell you, this next election, we've got some of the best candidates running. We're going to roll out with the American public the commitment to America. We'll make a commitment exactly what we'll do to end inflation, secure our borders, make us energy independent, give parental Hold on. Lita, rights to their we, we have a bad connection. Is that, is that bad connection coming in like that? We're going to get you, give you a second to just position it um, right, while he's. Right yeah, 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 perfect. He's going yes. to call us right back. By it. the way, what he was just saying was really interesting, um, John, is he was talking about just the time. And right now there is this moment uh, where clearly people are looking at, he was talking about, you know, border, inflation, prices, um, and the money just coming in that there's this energy on the Republican side. Uh, but how do you think the messaging is on it, Judge? What are your thoughts? I think uh, now is the time for the Republican Party to reassert leadership in the country. I'm the House Democrat, but I'm telling you, there's overwhelming Democratic leadership 
in terms of one policy after another has been dangerous and destructive. The border policy, the energy policy, crime, the Republican parties have earned the right to, to lead and to protect this country and our cities. And I think it's very, very important that you don't have total control by one party like we've had in New York State and in the, in the federal government. And, uh, John, I understand we actually have um, the House Minority Leader back on. Sorry, sorry, Governor. Um, can you hear us, uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, back here on Cats at Night? I can hear you very clearly, and I was listening to the Governor before. He's correct. You watch what the Democrats have done with crime. From New York to California, it's not just defunding the police. It's this no bail. It's electing these DAs that won't op- uphold the law. This has all got to change. Americans have a right to have safe streets, safe schools, safe neighborhoods. And we've got to stand up to this. And, you know, I proposed when uh, I was on uh, Maria, Maria Bartolomo's show the other day, I proposed the North American Energy Treaty because between Canada, the United States, and Mexico, we could produce 15 million barrels a day. And and we're giving all the all the business to the foreign uh, all the foreign companies. I mean, how, how do you figure that? And we really need all the above. We can produce all the oil, the natural gas. And John, I know you care about the environment like I do. In Europe, they're getting Russian natural gas. Even in America, we're getting Russian crude because of what these Democrats have done. But American natural gas is forty one percent cleaner than Russian natural gas. We produce this in a more environmentally sound and safe way. What you've watched the Democrats do, like Gavin Newsom in California, he's lowered the production in California by 20 percent, producing there. And the number one producer for California is Ecuador. They're burning down the rainforest to produce more oil, and they don't do it in an environmentally sound way. And then he brought in 50,000 barrels a day from Russia, why he denied 89,000 barrels produced in California. Those are good-paying jobs as well. It just doesn't make sense. Can you, can you make any common sense about it? And, you know, I told you, Larry Kudlow is depending on you. The cavalry is coming. And t- tell us about uh, your team and how, we're gonna say, how you're going to take the house. Well, I'm going to tell you, first of all, we go, have to go out and win. And we've got some amazing people out there running today. Esther Joy King. She, she served in the military running in Illinois. you got John James up in Michigan, Wesley Hunt. Both of them went to West Point together, actually roomed together, flew Apaches, uh, Juan Siscomani in Arizona. What we're seeing today, if you look at 2010, at this moment in time, the generic ballot was D plus three. Today it's R plus two. We are in a better position than that we've been before. We've got more people willing to look at the Republican ideas. The Hispanic population in America is now favoring Republicans based upon the policy, what the Democrats have been doing. We're going to roll out our commitment to America for sound money in America to get control of this inflation, to become energy independent, to lower our price of energy. That lowers inflation as well and produces more jobs. Not to defund the police, but fund the police. The cop grants that go to cities, you can't get a grant unless your DA upholds every law, not the ones they want to pick and choose. You're going to find that we're going to secure our border. The number one killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45 is now fentanyl, which is produced in China and brought through our borders. We're now having people come across this border from 160 different countries. Some are on the terrorist watch list. We caught two from Yemen coming into California on different days. I mean, we have watched this. Parents have a right 
to know what's happening in their kids' education. We got a parents' bill of rights. And you know the other thing we're gonna do, not just pass these bills, we're gonna hold this administration accountable. Why is the attorney general going after parents for going to um, school board meetings? Where is the origin of COVID? Where did it start and where did it come from? We have a right to know. Holding the administration accountable, uh, watching what is happening with this uh, president and his family, we got to have a check and balance. It shouldn't be one party rule. And everybody, we are talking to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, a Republican from Bakersfield, my beloved Bakersfield, which I'm glad you brought up there. That was beautiful. Um, you know, Congressman, I want to ask you about um, a little bit more about the border because you just touched on Title 42. The fact it's being rescinded, it's supposed to be rescinded next month. We know that three uh, attorneys general are filing suit. Uh, where do you see it standing? Do you still see them rescinding it? And also, how much do you think that that is going to help the Republicans? Because we all saw those images under the Del Rio Bridge. Um, and people are very concerned about our security, our border security, that and crime. Look, I don't know if it helps Republicans. And one thing I do know is it, it hurts our country as a whole. Because what what Title 42 simply is, if a Border Patrol agent catches somebody coming across the border illegally, they can send them back to their country. That's common sense. That should be the law of the land. And now we've got a president who's rescinding it. I just sat down with the Border Patrol agents. They now are so overwhelmed. And when they come overwhelmed like this with 8,000 people coming across illegal, they can't sustain the border. They say there's 240 miles where they have nobody there to watch. So the cartels are now in charge. The cartels are now making close to a billion dollars a month. And think what they do with that. You have every city in America is now a border city because of the fentanyl coming there. But now they're not testing people when they come across this border. And they're going to send them throughout this country. But we still have to have masks on as we fly and others. They, they still let members of Congress vote absentee because of COVID, but they're going to open our borders up. We need to have a secure border to have a secure nation. We need a little bit of common sense, uh, uh, leader. Exactly. And uh, common sense is not all that common. And right now, uh, I can't believe the common sense Democrats, and there's a few of them, are just going along for the ride. Uh, you know, uh, Governor Patterson, I mean, you know a lot of common sense uh, Democrats. You're one of them. Why are they doing it? I think there's a sense of loyalty that people have in either party to the president. But there then comes a point where you have to run for re-election, and that loyalty could get you thrown out. And the way things look right now, as the leader just said, they may actually take more seats than they did in 2010. And that wouldn't have seemed even possible just, oh, 18 months ago. Can I raise another issue? It's, uh, it's Judge Richard Judge Weinberg. Richard Weinberg. I want to ask you this question. It's very troubling. Why do we have the Biden administration keep pushing the Iran deal? Don't they understand the terrible consequences of that deal? They should not be pushing that at all. They should not allow Iran to have a nuclear weapon. You want to know why I believe they're pushing it? Because we have told them to stop taking Russian oil. So now they want to take Iranian oil instead of producing oil and gas in America. He's releasing the SPRO, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That's doing nothing for the price. Instead of producing good-paying jobs in America that can produce American oil, that can make us energy independent, why are we dependent on other nations when we have the right and we, and we are blessed by having the minerals here? 
Look, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to all of you. Uh, I apologize. I got to walk in this other meeting, but it is an honor for me to spend a little time with you and you're right. We need some common sense. And I promise you this, we're going to bring common sense back. And for all your listeners and everybody, John and Rita on the call, when we win the majority, and it comes to that January day where Dancy Pelosi has to hand me that gavel. I want you all there to witness it because we're going to bang that gavel down and bring common sense back to America. Do we get a front row seat, Congressman, for that? You'll get a, you'll, you'll get a front row seat, I promise. Right. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thank House you. Minority Let's bring, Leader common Kevin back, bring common sense back to, the, uh, to our country. And where's the cavalry? There it is. The cavalry is coming. The cavalry is coming. Yeah, boy, a lot of list of things that the cavalry is carrying. Let's take take a break. And when we come back from the break, who do we have? We have Michael Goodwin. We have New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin. And I can't wait to hear his thoughts. He wrote a blockbuster column, guys, um, where he talked about basically the telegraphing of the president to Merrick Garland on issues surrounding Trump and Hunter Biden. A great segment on Cats at Night coming up right after the break, everybody. This is Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis. You're a classic example of the people who built this country. On 77 WABC. And welcome back to John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night. This is Rita Cosby. Uh, guest hosting with John for the next few days, which I'm honored to be. And also with us is, of course, Judge Richard Weinberg and former New York Governor David Patterson. And joining us now is the great Pulitzer Prize winning New York columnist, Michael Goodwin, one of the best reporters out there by far. And Michael, you wrote a blockbuster column. I, I love it. And it is so timely. Biden isn't actually pressuring Merrick Garland, your Joe King, as in Joe Biden. Uh, fill us in on this. It's great to have you here with us. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you, Rita. Um, yes, uh, you know, the Hunter Biden case, I think, is a, is a sticky wicket for uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general. And I start, I start the column by trying to imagine what it, what it would be the reaction if Joe Biden called Merrick Garden, Garland into the Oval Office and said, look, my son Hunter Biden did nothing wrong. And by the way, Donald Trump should be prosecuted for January 6th. Now, get to work. Uh, Washington would go crazy. The president was politicizing the Justice Department. He was telling the, the attorney general what to do. He's deciding what case he should be prosecuted, who should be spared. And I say, but guess what? Biden didn't have that meeting. He didn't need to. He had his aides leaked to the New York Times that he thought Trump should be prosecuted. And his chief of staff went on television to say the president thought his son did nothing wrong. Those, I believe, are direct messages to Merrick Garland. They are telling him what the president wants and what he doesn't want. And Merrick Garland, you better get to it because... You know, I don't think you're doing such a great job. He told the New York Times that, too. You're too slow. I want you to get moving on January 6th. Get Donald Trump. I mean, it's an amazing thing what Joe Biden did. And yet there's nary a peep of protest because he did it in the Washington way. He didn't do it himself. He had other people do it. 
And so he and Garland can say, we never talked. We never discussed these cases. No, you didn't. You did it through the media. You told the media what you wanted done, and they reported it. And that's how Merrick Garland got his marching orders. Wow. You know, uh, great contrary to uh, Donald Trump's uh, uh, AGs, uh, attorney generals, that – we're working against them. I mean, I, I don't see any any. That's any right, other Bill way. Barr, right? And well, his book, even remember well, his book recently, John too. Where it's it's like, Michael, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. And in fairness, I'm not uh, I'm not a big critic of uh, of Barr because he did appoint a special prosecutor to do investigations, and I don't think Trump was right in trying to push him. He put but he to make sure he did it. That it takes uh, after the election. What I'm saying, look. Trump wanted something done before the election. Barr acted independently on that particular issue. I think he's not getting enough credit for doing the right thing. But I think, Michael, I think you're absolutely right in your column about the signaling to the attorney general. And I have to say, I feel badly in a way for Merrick Garland. He was respected United States Court of Appeals judge. He's a chief judge of the D.C. Circuit. He was considered for the Supreme Court. Is he more loyal to the Democratic Party? Is he more loyal to his president than he is to America? To America. Doesn't doesn't some loyalty supposed to come to America? Exactly right. Okay? You take an oath to be— Exactly. You're not the president. To obey the law and to do what what, what law-abiding— Well said. said. Okay. You're supposed to be independent. You're supposed to be independent, and you're not the president's lawyer. But I think that— The country's lawyer. I think that Barr demonstrated independence and did— demonstrate loyalty to America when he did what he did, now the question would be, would Merritt Garland know when he's being pushed over the line and would he act that way? Because Garland, to me, Barr set the standard for what an attorney general should do when he thinks at a certain point that the president is not thinking as much as the country as he has of himself. Well, one of the things, and Michael Goodwin, um, you touched on this, and John was just touching on this too, but the perception, and I think about when Merrick Garland basically came out and said that parents are domestic terrorists. I mean, that's clearly towing a political line. I mean, you're, how is domestic that? Terrorists. Yeah, how is that essentially, John? How is that? I'm shaking my head. Right. I don't know what else to do. How is that towing, you know, supporting America, supporting all Americans? That was clearly supporting a political Supporting the law. I mean, well, let, let our guest, you know, it's, it's your, your call. Yeah, You're go ahead, guest. Michael. What's your response to John and myself and all of us? Well, look, I, I, I agree with you on the, uh, on the parents, uh, the attack on parents. I mean, Garland was shamed when he came to Congress and couldn't explain why uh, this was worthy of a task force. Uh, to to look at uh, threats of violence when there were no threats of violence. It was the teachers unions and the school board association, which turned out to disavow its own accusations. So it made Garland look incredibly stupid, but it came from the White House. The White House arranged the letter, helped the parent, helped the, uh, the, the school board association officials write the letter, urged that they write it, helped them draft it, and then it was presented to the attorney general from the White House as this is something really important. And Merrick Garland hopped too. He got that task force of FBI officials right away. I mean, as many people pointed out, if there was an issue, why couldn't local police handle it? Why would the FBI and the White House get involved in something like that? There was no federal crime there, Michael. 
Well, that's right. They were, but but it was a pure politicization of politics, uh, for, of of a, of school board meetings uh, for the purposes of the Democratic Party. I mean, there's no other way to sh- to uh, to cut that. And you look at Merrick Garland now. What is he going to do with the Hunter Biden case? What is he going to do with the Donald Trump issues? I believe that what Joe Biden has done is put him on the hot seat. But I don't believe Garland is such a strong, independent figure. I think you will see the Hunter Biden case uh, softened, maybe go away. Uh, You can't let this thing go forever because the media is now on it. There's a grand jury meeting. And so I think he's going to have to do something. And my my guess is Merrick Garland will cave to the pressure from Democrats. Look, if he indicts Hunter Biden, that implicates Joe Biden directly because, you know, I mean, we've all read these these charging papers when they go, you know, official A said this and official B did this. If this is about Hunter Biden, let's say money laundering or uh Acting, acting, foreign, acting as an agent for a, a foreign power or uh, company without registering. Joe Biden's meetings with Hunter Biden's paymasters would be part of the of the criminal activity. Now, I don't mean that Joe Biden's activity would necessarily be criminal, but it would prove that Hunter Biden was acting as a foreign agent. Uh, by setting up a meeting with his father, who was then the vice president. You could make him an unindicted co-conspirator because he's doing an overt act and furtherance of the conspiracy. But isn't there That's anybody... Right. So how would they identify him? Right? Isn't there anybody uh, left that's honest? Number two? <laughs> right, Michael, that's Michael, exactly right. Isn't there anybody left in the Justice Department, in, in, in any department that's honest and wants to do the, the, do the right thing for, for our country? Yeah, that's a very good question, John. And I have to say that when you think about how corrupt the FBI was during that whole era, the Trump era of spying, of, of you know, all of those emails and all of that stuff, was there ever a whistleblower? I'm not aware of one if there was one. We only learned what we learned from the Office of the Inspector General uh, and then from John Durham, the uh, special counsel. I don't remember a single FBI agent coming forward uh, to say that this was going on, that the, that Jim Comey was playing politics and Andrew McCabe was playing politics. Not a single one came forward. So Democrats or are they all just afraid? afraid if to I was if, if I was who's our FBI director, Christopher Ray. Right. If I was Christopher Ray and I'm an honest guy. I would stand up and I'd say, guys, I don't care what it is. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to arrest X. I'm going to arrest Y. I'm going to arrest Z. I'm going to do my job because I am the FBI director and I'm doing, I want to do the right job. And if the Justice Department doesn't want to do anything, let America know it's them that don't want to do anything. Absolutely. And it would bring some integrity, too, because there's, we sadly, need there's been so many questions, John, about need, you know the integrity of the we FBI. We integrity and, in, our, right. in our Justice Department. D- David, uh, what, would you, what say you? Uh, we definitely need integrity somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Because a little bit here, a little bit there wouldn't hurt. Where do I, where do I find somebody, an honest man? Somebody has to stand up. Somebody has to be the first one to stand up and say, enough is enough. This, you know, this is going on. And, you know, 
And we need a couple of whistleblowers. Absolutely. And for the American public to have faith in the system well, because there's such distrust. Very, that, I mean, that is the point, isn't yes. it? That, that uh, so much of, of what we've learned in the last few years have robbed so many public institutions of their, of their trust yes. and pre- uh, public credibility. I mean, it, it, it's a tragedy. I mean, if you cannot grow up be- believing in American institutions, trusting that your government, even though it fails many times, is at least honest and trying, uh, if you get this sense that you can't trust anybody, you can't trust the media, you can't trust the government, that's not a good country to grow up. I mean, what, what are children to make of this world if, if we haven't given them some heroes, if we haven't given them some institutions they can rely on? I mean, you know, when the president of the United States uh, when when he has to declare war, let's say, yep. we need the military to go. We need the military to say, yes, sir, we understand our mission. You, you are the commander in chief. I mean, the way we're going, we're not going to have a military that will that will respond to the commander in chief. I mean, this is this is a terrible trend that is happening well, to the, the military is, is not responding to Putin. Is that uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a little right. different? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you see, you see all these things with the military now. Uh, you know, t- you've got to know the right pronouns. Uh, we're, we're teaching critical race theory and in, in, uh, into the military institutions. I mean, what are we doing? We're indoctrinating people in in a kind of. Uh, social perspective, but we're not teaching them to trust the institutions. We're, in fact, uh, using these institutions for another purpose than they were designed for. Absolutely, no, and it saddens everybody. Um, the great Pulitzer Prize winning New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin, thank you for joining thank us you, here Michael. at Cats at Night. Thank he, you so much. Keep speaking out, Michael. We need you to speak out. Yes. Thank you. Great column. Yeah, we love you, Michael. Thanks so much. And by the way, speaking of what um, he was just talking about with Hunter Biden and the John Durham, we're going to touch on a lot of that, some big developments in both of those stories. Coming up next, we have Dick Morris, political consultant, talking more about some explosive details. Everybody stay tuned. You are watching and listening to Cats at Night. He knows New York. He loves New York. He is New York. He's got plenty of ideas on how to bring change. He is John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. And joining us now on Cats at Night, this is Rita Cosby alongside the great John Katsimatidis. And also here in the studio, we've got our favorite judge, Judge Richard Weinberg, and our favorite former governor, the Democratic one, <laughs> Governor Patterson, we love you guys all. A common and sense governor. Governor Pataki took sense. real uh, uh, homage with, uh, was it Frank Morano uh, b- before Election Day that said that I was his favorite governor? That's and, why I, cr- I didn't want to take the beating of, of uh, Governor Pataki. That's why I, I held back. I never got a rise out of Governor Pataki but the whole time I've known him until that night. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you know, and by the way, joining us, too, also here on the show, we have Dick Morris, political consultant, of course, author, commentator, and, of course, political campaign consultant for both President Clinton and President Trump. Dick, great to have you here on Cats at Night. Rita Cosby alongside John Katsimatidis and everybody. Oops, our Dick is we calling lost, us back. We lost, lost him. Already. We left him speechless. It's the first time, oh. I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you got to remember, Dick Morris was uh, Jerry Nadler's campaign manager. 
at Stuyvesant High School. Was he? I didn't that was know the first that. Election. Oh my goodness! Wow! And, uh, and then they they both went to Columbia, right? No, yes. And yeah. I yeah. got Norris. him back. Yep. Hey, well, we thought we lost hey, you. How are you? Good. What's you know, going like, on? How's your eye? My eye. I could. Next time I see you, I'll be able to see you. The operation was a success, and uh, oh my god, our relationship is doomed. <laughs> 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 Tell us what the heck is going on. What's this thing well, about Hunter Biden? Tell us. Well, I think that finally it is penetrating into mainstream media. The Washington Post and the New York Times both published exposés and both have investigative reporters on the case, which is very good news. Um, until now, this has been like the January 6th scandal, where one party thinks it's a scandal and the other party thinks it's a big nothing. But uh, the January 6th thing, both parties know the full facts. On this thing, the libs and the Democrats do not know the full facts, and they're only beginning to get them now. And the information they're unearthing is very damning. Uh, Hunter Biden got almost a million dollars in fees from the Chinese Communist Party, and uh, and he indicated in one of those emails he's going to cut the big guy in on it. And uh, there's an email where he uh, with the head of Burisma, the Burisma company, the energy company in Ukraine. Thanks, Hunter, for arranging the meeting with his father, um, which is something Biden has denied ever happened. So uh, there's a lot more there. I think that it's very possible that Hunter gets indicted. And, uh, and I think... But if wow. they indict him, they're going to indict him for a tax evasion or something. Don't you think that, Dick? Well, yeah, but they also could go after him for failure to register as a foreign agent. Um, and that's you know, a very serious charge. Yeah, that was so, well. Yeah. That was sort of like Manafort and some of these others exactly. too. Yeah, yeah but they yeah. never yeah, but you they, really they, use it. Wait, wait. Manafort and uh, Roger Stone went down yeah. into the down into solitary confinement. Right. Right. Remember yeah. they remember that was like what it was like. Thirty agents came to Stone's house in the middle of the you yeah. know the morning, yeah, over lobbying. Well. The case of Roger Stone's solitary confinement is a blessing to its cellmate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hey, um, and Dick Morris, this is Rita. <laughs> They're all finally getting it right. Dick, um, I got that early, by the way, for the record. Um, Dick, uh, this is Rita Cosby here with John. Hey, Rita. Um, hi. Um, I, I want to ask your thoughts on the Hunter Biden because there was some new stuff that came out just a few hours ago that we were talking about. With this letter, and this is tied to a, a Chinese official, um, a big Chinese executive over there, that apparently yeah. uh, there was a letter of recommendation coming from Joe Biden, then vice the, president the at the time, right to the yeah. college. Explain why that is actually a really big deal, because this is actually well, him writing it, right? And it's yeah. also while he's vice president. So it's not I don't know the person. It's him signing yeah. it, at least. Well, that's that's a big deal, I think. Uh, but it is just a college recommendation, but certainly it shows he knew these people. The real pay dirt here is going to be when they hit the University of Pennsylvania and the Biden Fund, the Biden School of International Relations, which he set up at the University of Pennsylvania and China funded to the tune of $70 million. Uh, the largest grant, the third largest grant he gave to any college in the United States. And uh, Biden himself was paid over a million dollars to teach like one course at Penn funded by the money from this. So this is a, and, and Hunter of course got a huge amount. So this is really a payment 
uh, from China to Biden. And if you believe their goal was to promote education in America and to promote international understanding, I got a bridge I can sell you. Yeah. Uh, this is a separate issue, uh, Dick Morris. This is David Patterson, but the Chinese are funding a lot of universities right now, and they are shutting right. down political opposition in, in, you know, when you invite speakers to come to campuses, and it's very yeah. dangerous. Yeah, it is, uh, particularly since they're really encroaching on our R&D. But um, I think we have to realize that the that ultimately, uh, in all of these transactions with China, their people want to be here, and their people want to invest here, and they want to buy property here. And that's not all that bad. They just, they just renewed the EB-5 program, I understand. You know much about it, Dick? Yeah, I do. That's horrible. Uh, that was the program that uh, Clinton and Hillary and Terry McAuliffe and um, Mayorkas, the guy who's now running the INS, had with the Chinese paid a uh, million dollars to uh, a company owned by Terry McAuliffe for electric cars in return for visas to two of their people, one of whom was the head of Wei Wai, the uh, company that we're attacking for all of the uh, intellectual piracy and, and you know. I'm the only one that never got paid for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Dick, am I the only one that never got paid for anything? But, Dick, I I thought the original... You're the universal donor, Kat. (laughs) You're like like type type O blood. (laughs) But, Dick, the... the, uh, the Good for everybody. Dick, the the EB-5 program got changed over a period of time, but it originally started under George Herbert Walker Bush, and it was never intended to feather the nests of major developers. It was supposed to be all over the country, and that's pretty yep. much why it got shut down in 2018. Yeah. Just for your listeners, the EB-5 program provides that if you give $500,000 to a private entity to create jobs, uh, you are entitled to get a free visa to come into the United States. And it's wow. a pathway to citizenship. But it's 10 years from now. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a pathway to citizenship. China used that to get visas for the Huawei well, official. Would just somebody send them to the, the southern Chinese, border. Would somebody tell the Chinese and Mexicans have a better deal? That, did you, John, <laughs> John and I were just thinking the same thing. I said, we, just go through the southern like, border. That's trouble. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, it's but crazy what they're doing in the border. Here it with is. Hunter Biden. And, uh, and, and when we begin to understand the Biden relationship with China through the University of Pennsylvania, and directly through Hunter Biden's business. I think that's going to be very... That's a very big story. We got one minute left. We we have one minute left, uh, Dick. And uh, what do you want to say? I just did an interview on Newsmax TV. Who's that? I I just did an interview on Newsmax TV, which will air tonight, with a former client of mine, Viktor Yashchenko, who is the president of Ukraine from 2005 to 2009. He's the guy that led the Orange Revolution that overthrew the communists. Oh, yeah. And yeah. He's a hero in that country. I know exactly who he is. Yes. He was poisoned by the KGB, yes. but survived. That's what I thought I remembered. He, predict, he predicted on my show, I asked him, who's next? What's next on Putin's hit list? And he said, Poland. Oh, don't say that, Dick. My father, as you guys know, was a freedom yeah, fighter in Poland. You know. know that. But the Poles are very worried about that, Dick. They're building yeah, up the defenses right yeah. now. They should be, but 
you know, when you look look at how the Ukrainians are taking the Russian army apart, uh, this is is a war Poland would win. But uh, it's ominous that Yashchenko thought that Poland might be the next country. Yeah, and Poland is very worried, too. So many of the other countries. Well, wow, that sounds great. We can't wait to watch it. Uh, Dick Morris, great to have you here and all your great perspectives. And we'll be watching to see uh, what happens with Hunter Biden. Wow, Dick was saying a possible indictment. And we know the grand jury's meeting. So let's see where it goes, guys. Um, Coming up after the break here on Cats at Night, we have political pollster John McLaughlin talking about some overseas things, Hungary, Serbia, the role of all of that, plus oil, and also the New York State governor's race. That and a lot more on Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis and his great team. Great guests, great conversation, and the truth. Giving you both sides of the story. He's a great role model. When he does get involved, he's all in. John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Well, we're back, and uh, now we've got uh, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, the nation's, one of the nation's best polists, and uh, we have John McLaughlin. And John? Are you back from Hungary? Are you back from out uh, uh, in the great uh, European community? Yes, I've been, I've been back for a couple of weeks because the polls were pretty solid. And and I was in the studio with you, and it's, I'm glad I was listening to you and Dick Morrison. It's, I'm glad you're doing better, and and and, and Dick certainly knows Ukraine. Next, and- next time I see you, I'll be able to see you. Yeah, but you but you certainly have done very well. So it's like so that's good news. That's very good news. Tell us what but, the heck is going on. Where do you want to start? The national races, the the New York State races. You already won Hungary. You already won. Uh, what else did you win? Serbia. Well, I wasn't involved in Serbia, but the the president there was reelected with sixty percent of the vote, and uh, and it was a pretty solid vote. And these are, by the way, it's very important that during this time where you have war between Russia and Ukraine so close by uh, that you have NATO allies. I was listening to you and Dick Morris talking about uh, Poland, and people don't realize it, but there's a Russian community in Kaliningrad that is only connected by a road connection through, uh, it's below Lithuania, and it's, and it's through Poland. And, and you know, this is, Poland's a NATO nation, and, and Hungary is a NATO nation, and none of these countries can stop the Russians without us. So the, the very important election we had in Hungary where Prime Minister Orban was reelected with uh, – he's got 68 percent of the parliament seats out of 199. His, his party's got 135 seats. Uh, the opposition only got 56 percent, 56 seats out of the 199. And uh, uh, there was another seven seats went to another far right party. But Viktor Orban was endorsed by President Trump. I mean, President Trump has told me he was the best guy in Europe. And I got to work for him because in 2010, Viktor Orban, who, who became known as an anti-communist, a student protesting, he beat a socialist in 2010 and my mentor, Arthur Finkelstein had done his campaigns back then. And then after Arthur passed away in 2017, uh, they came looking for another pollster because in America we have so many elections. The Europeans don't have as many. We can lend our expertise to them. And so in 2018, we were very successful, and he won with a similar two-thirds majority parliament, even though he had a lot of opposition. John, that's great. Let's go back to the United States. We only got four minutes left. 
What's going okay. on in the United States? Governor's race, New York. In, certainly in the governor's race, I've told you, I work for Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin is in very good shape because we had him, and we talked about it on your poll, we had him running in a virtual tie with Kathy Hulk, or as a point ahead, and we do what polls of likely voters, and that was a two-to-one Democrat survey. And it was being where is sentiment the, against cashless bail. Where is the uh, Republican primary? How many people you have running? Well, we released our numbers there, and it depends upon they're taking in petitions right now. Andrew Giuliani filed his petitions. We have to see if they're good petitions. Lee Zeldin's automatically on the ballot because he has the conservative party line, and he got the Republican Party designation, so he doesn't have to collect petitions. We're waiting to see if uh, uh, Rob Astorino and Harry Wilson filed petitions. But we had asked him. When's the last day to file petitions? Uh, April 7th, tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, that's right. It's right. That's we, correct. What do you think, um, John? This is Rita Cosby, who's joining everybody here in the studio. I'm the lucky one. Um, John, what do you think in terms of is the primary going to change? Or is it going to stay set? And what do you predict? Well, I think I think that primary will stay the same. And that's good for Lee Zeldin because we were ahead in the primary poll. He had 45, Estorino 14, uh, Andrew Giuliani 14, and uh, Harry Wilson only had 7%. I mean, is Cuomo doing petitions? Really like him. Is Cuomo doing I, petitions? We, don't, we have not seen any evidence of it. And the, the rumors are that he will file. If he does file, he'll run as an independent, which would be, you know, that would be bad news for Kathy Hochul because he'll pull votes from Hochul. But Hochul's under a lot of pressure now where you've got uh, you've got the situation where if she doesn't fix cashless bail, uh, the crime, the amount of crimes. I mean, there was this poor. Let poor me tell you something. Was, I am supporting whoever does f- fix the bail problem and keep eight and a half million New Yorkers safe. That's the person well, I'm going to be supporting. Absolutely. Law and order is the then key. Law and order. That's law it. And, but real law and order, not just yourself. saying, not just saying, <laughs> not just saying good law good and order, as Judge and I were talking about earlier, not just for politics sake, you know. Uh-huh. All right, let's switch. We got two minutes left. Let's switch to Washington. How, right. where is the congressional race, the senatorial races? Give it to us real fast. Well, you had, you had Kevin McCarthy on? Yes. And we have, what do we have? How many days? We got like 215 days, et cetera, until November. And today, if the election was held, McCarthy would be the speaker, uh, speaker designate, because he's, 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 uh, uh, the Republicans are ahead in the generic ballot, 48-44, the most I've had in decades. And this 8% that's undecided, 70% disapprove the job Biden's doing, and 75% think the country's on the wrong track. If the Democrats don't turn around, if they don't change their policies, if they don't move back to the center, the Republicans are going to cash them out. And, and Senate, are the Republicans or the, or the Democrats going to win the Senate? The, the Republicans will win the Senate in that case, too. Because they've got vulnerable Democrats in Arizona, Georgia. We're out of time. Thank you, John. Thank you for giving us the facts. Governor uh, David Patterson, Judge uh, Richard Weinberg. Rita, thank you for being uh, my sidekick today. I loved it. I loved it. And by the way, I have General Jack Keen on tonight on my show. He's a wonderful guy, and uh, he knows the way it is. I'll be listening between Rita Cosby between 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock tonight. 10 o'clock. No, 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock. I'll be listening. God bless New York. God bless America. What if you could have a career? where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.